Stop it now. I hate you. Stop singing. It doesn't match up. Sorry. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Dummies podcast. We are dummies who watch movies, but this week, I imagine it's going to be a lot of TV. I'm Joe, and with me this week is Shannon. Hello. And Matt. Hello. What was that noise? It was Matt. Can you hear me? Yeah. There was almost like there was someone else talking, but there's no one else on the line. Uh, <clears throat> it might have been someone that I know that is very close to me. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Oh. Batholi. It was his Batholi. <laughs> yes. So, guys, what y'all been up to? Sleep, work, watching things. You? Well, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. We were off last week because of Halloweeners. We have some young children, and we didn't want to miss it. No. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice little dead air there. Dead air! Okay, uh, we got... Well, I'll tell you something I watched that was very interesting. I just watched it last night. Last Ooh. night? I want... Well, and partly this morning, because I'm an old man and I fell asleep. Uh, Dexter, New Blood. Ooh. I saw an advertisement for that, and I thought, those people must be watching that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like me some Dexter. I recently went through a rewatch. I read the first book, and I got to tell you, there's something special about this new series. It seems awesome. What do you mean? What's so awesome about it? Sell well, me. He's very different from the Dexter of the book. The Dexter of the book, I mean, he's just written so differently. Uh, but the Dexter we know from the show is this guy. And he, Michael C. Hall stepped, stepped right back into it. And you get to see him in full masquerade, something he's been doing for 10 years. He hasn't done anything wrong for 10 whole years. And he's built himself a life, and he has friends, and he, everybody in town knows him. Hmm. Um. It's kind of like the opposite of what, of what you'd expect a serial killer who got away with murder to be doing. You think he'd be hiding out, keeping a low profile, but he's not. He is out there living his life, going line dancing with his chief of police girlfriend. I mean, it's wow. He's out there doing stuff. Um, with and like when we ended the original series, he seemed to be very solitary. And yeah. his little lumberjack face, remember? Yeah, he like wanted to separate himself from everyone, it seemed. Well, he's not doing that anymore. Hmm. Uh, the Dark Passenger has changed form. It's no longer Harry, so no James Remar. It's Deb. Oh. Which is very interesting because they're, they used to be married. Yeah, like Michael in real C. Hall, life. Yeah, and Jennifer Carpenter. They were married, and they're not anymore. They oh. got divorced while they were making the show. Oh, that and, sucks. Oh, boy. And most of their <clears throat> scenes are, like, right next to each, like, very intimate, in intimate spaces. And I just think that's got to be weird. I would say they're so. They're professional, obviously. Yeah. You know, and they're taking their paycheck and everything's good. I just wonder how um, amicable their split was that they can continue to work together. And you know what? Let me just go ahead and backtrack a little bit, and I'll say that it's actually pretty cool that they're able to work together. Short series or season? I have no idea. How many it, episodes? There, It's week to week. I have no idea how many there are going to oh. be. 
I, w- I only watched episode one. And for those of you who are interested in Dexter New Blood, Showtime is running a promotion where you get seven day free trial, like normal, and then it's three ninety nine a month for four months. So the whole time Dexter's running, you could be just paying three ninety nine a month to watch Dexter. And if you don't want to stick around, cancel anytime. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. How long are the episodes? Hour. Normal. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. Matt, what did you watch? Something you watched this week. Um, I watched a television show called Foundation, and I'm sure we'll all want to talk about that. We oh. have not watched it. Oh. <laughs> well, not for this week. Yeah, we didn't watch it this week. What is wrong with us? Did you, are you all caught up in the series or what? Yes. Oh, we're behind then. I think we're behind two weeks. Are we? Yeah. The first time the cliffhanger kind of made me upset. (laughs) Is it over over the season? No. There's, I think, two more episodes after the one I watched. All right. Yeah, we got to get on that. Shannon, what's wrong with us? Is it finally going (laughs) to swing back to her and where she's going and what's happening? Um, spoiler alert, yes, but you're not going to like it. Ugh. I have a feeling they're going to slowly start. I've got start... something to say, but you are going to like it. You are going to like it. Uh, okay, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, let's watch. We, we got to watch We kind of went off track and we binged. What did we binge, Shannon? Lock and Key. Ah, uh, yes. Lock and Key season two. We watched the entire season. Oh, and then... crap. That's what I forgot to watch. See, it's like hard to watch everything. Yeah. Um, but Lock and Key had some really great hangers, too, at the end of the hangers. episode. Hangers. <laughs> like hooks, whatever you want to call them. Some hangers. I call them what I Short want. Short hanger, if you will. I call my balls hangers. Whoa. Ewy. Well, they didn't used to be, but I got older. Okay, change hmm. the subject. Okay. But Lock and Key season two, great. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I, I went back and I read the whole first graphic novel again, Welcome to Lovecraft, the Ooh. first 10 issues or whatever, the comic. And I it is it is so much different than the source material. Like, you forget. Um, like, they don't even fight Dodge at all. Weird. In the first book. It's all about Sam Lesser. Mm. Um, which is part of the first season. It is. So it's very interesting. Like it's very interesting. I was a little worried that the season was gonna be like a little redundant from the first season, but there was some great qualities kind of going on. And it seemed like it with the series, it climaxed like in the middle of the season which was nice, and then it came kind of down, so to speak, as things were happening. Like, you know how it's like this big finale and this big thing yeah, happens? Yeah, there was the a end? huge finale. I don't think you watched the same show as I did. Oh, we did, but it seemed like the finale went on for three episodes, is what I mean. Well, it's a lot of setup to the big payoff, it right? It was. So I appreciated that. I hate when it's just like you have to wait all the way to the end to the final show. To see everything that's happening. It was Didn't a like, lot go on in the final episode, though? Like, mm, No, it's it. she's right. It's like the last four episodes are all the finale. It is. It's kind of like broken <laughs> up. It's, it's not. It's like I think it's like just a, like a four-hour-long finale. Like if you had watched it, no credits, you would have thought this is engaging. Like I don't true. think you would have been bored at all. We were upset we had to go to bed. Yeah, and then we 
watched it completely through the next day. Yeah, I was like, get the coffee going. We got to yeah. watch more. But I recommend Lock and Key. I know Angela mentioned on the feed that she was watching it, and I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, we need to watch that. I was like, yeah, season two is out, baby. So I'm sure if she was here, she would talk about it. Yeah, season one was good. It's It it diverts from the source material quite a bit, but I'm not one of those people who's going to be like, um, actually, Batman's Robin is uh, gay. Ooh, segue. Well, hello, <laughs> you saucy little minx. What else did you watch, Joe? Well, what did Matt watch? Oh, what did Matt watch? Um, I watched Future Man Season 3. Butterman. Wow. Butterman. Oh, man, it was good. Not quite as many laughs as the first two seasons, but pretty engaging, uh, very humor- humorous still. It's the final season, right? So mm-hmm. there is a finale to it? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Good. It's I mean, kind of funny. I don't know if I should. It's not a spoiler, but at the post credit scenes, they show like this is based on a true story. Stop! That's hilarious. <laughs> like uh, the the character Tiger is an Asian woman, and they're like, "Oh, it's played by this lady." <laughs> of course. Oh man, Shannon has no idea. Nope. Yeah. She would get lost in the very first episode when she's like, I'm charging up. I'm charging up. She would she'd be like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Check it out. I'm checked out right now. Yeah. In the future, you don't have sex for fun. What? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm hearing things now. You only have sex to get your so, adrenaline up. I'm not watching Futterman, Future Man, whatever, man, now, because that doesn't sound fun at all. Right? GTK. For sure. Hey, guys. I'm sorry, but I watched a Christmassy movie. Fucking Hallmark bullshit. Go ahead. It wasn't Hallmark. At least I don't think it was. It was literally Halloween a week ago. What's wrong with you? Well, I want Hallmark to... did start releasing them. I swear that I saw like a post on one of my feeds about all these Christmas movies, and I was like, what is happening? Like, why are these all here? And so I thought, hmm, I might as well get in the season and start, you know, kind of getting my feet wet. And so I watched a Cinderella story, Christmas Wish oh, on Netflix. I think this this needs to happen, right? I need to Google. It's a 2019 movie. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What? I reviewed over 600. Oh, it, 2019, so it's fairly new. But it's, of course, a Cinderella story. So it's a stepmother, stepsisters, you know. Cinderella and a handsome prince. Actually, it was a... What was the thing? Oh, it was her music lyric book that brought her back to him. No one you know is in this movie. Um, Unless uh, this Isabella Gomez is related to Selena. Which she could be. I never looked it up. Maybe. Okay. I have an update on Christmas Dash Reviewer. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know where the fuck these reviews are at, but they're not happening. But she's still rating. I'm Okay, I'm saying she. We don't know. Uh, she's still rating movies on IMDb. Most recently, she rated Crazy as Hell one star. Oh, boy. On September 27th, <laughs> 2021. So she's still alive. Thank goodness. 
she didn't like that it was he or she didn't like that it was a uh, biography. <laughs> Let's see. Sad. Terror in the Wax Museum, however, got nine stars. This fucking makes no <laughs> sense. Wow. We're, we're back at it, baby. <laughs> cool. Hold on. Let's keep going. Terminator Dark Fate got a seven. Like, it was mediocre. Ooh, she really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. Ten stars. That's her recent thing? She yep. kind of gave up on the whole... Um... Yeah, I don't think you mentioned a Christmas movie in there. No, well, there's no reviews. the The most recent review was still December of 2019, so it's mm-hmm. been almost two years. We miss you, Christmas Dash reviewer, mm-hmm. whoever you are. Maybe they uh, got COVID during Christmas of 2020, and we'll be back next month for. Maybe. For sure. Who knows. Hard well, to say. Anybody else got something they want to talk about real quick? Oh. Um, I also well, Matt, do you want to talk about something else? Um, those were the only T V shows I watched. I have three video game Ooh. that I played. Do you want to talk about them separately? I know one, I think. Or all together. I can talk about them all together, just get them out of the way. Um I played Age of Empires four. Ooh, Star uh, Wars? I didn't play it a whole lot. No, it's a oh, it's a real time strategy game, and it's historic based. Uh, hmm. I don't know. There's people online that are big fans of it, and I like the series still, but it didn't really scratch my itch because the campaign's just like, here's what happened, and oh. I'm a big fan of having like an overall map and strategy. You can like do things between the battles, but this did not have it. So, oh, it's like situation uh, based or what? Yeah, it's like all historic battles, and you gotcha. get to play. Like so the not, first campaign is you're not world building and then creating an army and then taking on the rest of whatever. No, it's uh, I mean it's map per map, so you do like build up your cities and everything. But yeah, um, and then I played a game called Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Wildlands Ghost Recon. Whoa. Yes, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yes, it's fun. It's phenomenal. Uh, the The map is enormous. Yeah, it's there's hard, so much to it's do. Hard to explain. Hmm. It's very addicting. Uh, the missions will make you angry unless you're like a elite shooter boy or something. I don't know. Sweat, <laughs> as they say. Shooter right. boy. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. I uh, it was it was good times. Got to play with Joe for a bit. Yeah, we were playing. It's super addicting. It's super fun. Um, it's it's Tom Clancy's Far Cry. I mean, but I still think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's hmm. more fun than I've had playing any Far Cry game. You know what? Fair point. I agree. And it's it's uh, really pretty. Like to just hop into the helicopter and fly around all over this island. It right. It's really pretty. Um. What's your it came last out in one? 2017, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, not bad graphics for four years. Uh, then my last one is called Wilder Myth. Or Wilder Myth, I guess it could be. Mm. Wilder um, it's Beast a turn, Myth. It's a turn-based strategy, and it's super fun and addicting. I think, actually, like everybody that I know would have some fun to a degree playing it. Just because it's got something for everyone, but uh, yeah. 
Does the gameplay really I look like this? Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's it's you know it's that's so the thing. Cute. It looks like that kind of turned me off to it. I was like, you know what? I I'm sure I could live with that kind of art style, but I don't know if I'll be crazy about it. And then it grew on me very quickly. They're like papercraft. It's so cute. Yeah, and the the stories are amazing. Like you like no two play th playthroughs are the same either. So, aw, is this a humble bundle? I have no idea. Hmm. You just purchased it on Steam. Yar. Yar. Let's see. It is $25. All right. Hmm. Very, very fun. It looks so cute. It is cute looking. Yeah, for sure. It's not bad looking, for sure. Do you want to talk about something else you watched, Joseph? Um, I can, yeah. Uh, I... Watched the prequel film to Army of the Dead. Oh. So they're creating this whole Netflix Zack Snyder Army of the Dead universe. And this was oh. called Army of Thieves, mm. which follows the German safecracker through how he became part of the crew and the Army mm. of the Dead. And it was fun. Mm. It was fun. Um,. Where'd you watch it? It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. It's just part of the... Zack Snyder didn't direct this one, but obviously he EP'd it, and it looked way different than Army of the Dead. It looked more like a traditional movie. Gotcha. Uh, but it... And the zombies are, like, in the background. They're not really part of the movie. Mm. They use the fact that there's a zombie apocalypse going on to, like, go after the heist of a lifetime. Gotcha. <clears throat> and the heist in Army of the Dead is the piece de resistance for this young man, it's like what he's been waiting for his whole life. So when they come asking him about it in Army of the Dead, he's like, of course I'll do it. And I'm the only one who can. But So watching Army of Thieves now, you can see why he's so excited to do it. Oh. Because it's the topper for the whole heist in that movie. It's very interesting. I, I think it's... I'm enjoying this world they're doing and I know that there has been news out now that he's going to be making an army of the dead sequel Zack Snyder mm. that's going to flesh out the world even more and I'm excited for that honestly what about you Shannon what you got what you got well I watched something on HBO today Ooh. I thought it was on Hulu but it was actually on HBO Hubbo. it was called land Mm. It is a Robin Wright-directed and starred movie. Um, I believe it's her first directed movie. Her the directorial debut? Yes. And she won awards for it already. Well, kiss my grits and call me Sweet Sally Gumdrops. So, like, uh, the movie says Edie, in the aftermath of the unfathomable event, finds herself unable to stay connected to the world she once knew. And in the face of that uncertainty, retreats to the magnificent but unforgiving wilds of the Rockies in Wyoming. After a local hunter brings her back from the brink of death, she has to find a way to live again. It's a very, like, emotional movie. At least, you shouldn't watch it when you're not really in a happy state. <laughs> like, if you're sad whatsoever, which sometimes I get. I was just like crying during the it, entire movie. Wow, Robin writes on that Paul Rudd shit. What's that? She looks ageless. Yeah, she looks great. 
She looks better than she did when she's on that Kevin Spacey show that everyone wants to forget was a, a hit. And I can't remember the name of it now, where he was a dick-faced senator. House of Cards. House of Cards. Yeah, she was on House of Cards for Netflix. Oh, gotcha. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's not a long film, uh, but it was a good watch for sure. Like, I would probably watch this again. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Castaway, but I like the story better. I, you know, in the trivia, it says that she shot this movie in 29 days, which is impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's got a small cast. It's got a small yeah amount of shots, it looks like. Uh, it's a lot of it is just her in a cabin, right? Uh, yeah, with yeah. some other bits and you, pieces. You could peel of off flash. 50, 60 shots a day in that if you don't have to reset up lighting and stuff. It goes pretty Yeah, quick. it was, I don't know. I'm kind of drawn to that kind of stuff to begin with, like nature and yeah. escape. But I... Uh, you were correct. This is her directorial debut as far as film. She made a short film and she directed some of the episodes of House of Cards. Did this film win awards? Um, I'd have to look at that. You keep like, talking, I'll keep looking. It says uh, original selection for the Sundance Film okay, Festival. So, okay. So it went to Sundance. Gotcha. I don't know. It's worth a watch on it's, if you have HBO. You know, me- decently reviewed 6.6 6 out of 10. On Imdiba. Gotcha. I think it just came out, too. I don't see any awards section, so. Okay. Well, I know you and I, Joe, we finally got caught up in the rookie. We sat and pushed through, what, three? Yeah, another reason why we're behind on foundation. Four episodes of the rookie, which, like Angela said, it did get better. Yeah, it went back to normal. And anytime... um. The brother comes back. It's a hilarious episode. Yeah, Pete Davidson. He's growing on me. Now he's banging Kim Kardashian, though, so I, he's he's going to lose me again. <laughs> That's not actually her. No, in real life he is. Ooh. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> Why do you do this? Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also watched some movies last weekend. We watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yep, pretty great. Really great movies. Oh, great movie. And then I watched the original Jumanji mm. with Robin Williams and Bonnie uh, Hunt. Right? You'd Johnny seen Hunt. it before, right? I'm sorry? You'd seen it before, right? I have. I okay. just, no offense to Young the Kirsten new Dunst. ones. Uh, yeah. But I, it, to me, that's a classic movie that it's like I'll pick up and watch anytime. Of course, you know, I'm looking forward to like the newer films like Ghostbusters with Paul Rudd. Like I'm looking forward to that. But there's just something to say about like the movie Jumanji with Robin Williams. He is just phenomenal. And I miss him. Great actor. Yes. It's uh, I think it's hard to pick out any movie that he stars in and not call it a classic. Oh. Agreed. Ooh, want to take a, a quick favorite Robin Williams performance? Oh, that would be so hard. Hold on. I got to go. Check. It's easy for me. I already know it, but I'll hold What's it. Yeah, Matt already knows it. Favorite? Yeah. I don't even know all his films. Hold on. You guys are ahead of me. Why don't you guys go first then? I think Matt's is Jack. 
Jack. I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you remember Jack where he had progeria or something like it and he grew? He was like a nine year old oh, boy. Oh, no, no, yeah. yeah. Now oh. I remember, yeah. Okay. What's your real one, bud? I'm uh, looking for the name of the film because I forgot the actual name of the movie itself. What's it about? Yeah. He plays a guy that's crazy and he becomes a doctor. Oh, and he helps the lady uh, swim in a pool of noodles? No idea what you're talking about. Maybe. Talking oh. about Patch Adams? Yes. Patch, Patch Adams. Adams, yes. That's a good one. Because she's like, I really wanted to spit, swim in a swimming pool of spaghetti. And so he makes it happen. I don't remember that part. I just remember the guy was like really ornery. I remember a lot of that film, but one of my favorite parts is where the guy's like really ornery because he's dying of uh, like prostate cancer or something. And he, Robin Williams mm -hmm. opens the book and he's like, pushing up daisies, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, yeah. And then he goes, you bury me ass up so I have, you, you have a place to park your bike. Right. <laughs> nice. Oh. My favorite Robin Williams movie is Awakenings. Oh That's gosh. probably like close second for me. That's a dream, crazy heaven hell movie, right? No. Awakenings is the one with Robert De Niro, where Robert De Niro's uh, catatonic. And he's, uh, I don't remember if Robin Williams' character is administering a new drug or if he created it. I think he's just administering it as like a part of a clinical trial. Mm -hmm. And his drug wakes Robert De Niro up. Yeah, a bunch of other people too. They're all like comatose. And he gets to like experience life, but the drug stops working. And it's about the emotional turmoil he goes through watching all of his patients regress back to the catatonic state that he freed them from. Ugh. And it's incredibly moving, incredibly moving movie. I, I can think only watch it like once every five years. It makes me so sad. <laughs> right? I think a close third would be uh, The Fisher King. Fisher King's pretty good. I think Goodwill Hunting's a little bit above that, though. Oh, yeah. That's. I haven't his watched speech. that in so long. Oh, his speech to Matt Damon in that movie. Well, I'm looking through the list. There are so many good ones. Ugh. Like, Hook, is that a close top for me? That's one sure. of those kid classic movies I would always watch. Ugh. It's just so hard. I like so many. That's of a classic. Them. Yeah, it's just like you would. As I stated before, it's hard to pick a Robin Williams movie that isn't a classic. I also like Insomnia, but he's like a super bad he's guy. He's so good in that movie. <laughs> but he's really good. Ugh. Mm. I'm glad we went on this venture. Here's a IMDb list. We can just say if we liked it or not. Okay. Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Jumanji. Dead Poet yes. Society. That's a, a yes. lot of them. I, I mean, I love Aladdin. Oh, yeah, the voice. <laughs> Hook, Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> Bicentennial Man. Oh. Good Morning like Vietnam, like Patch one. Adams, and The Fisher King. And my movie's not even on there. That's that's a crime. Wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but those are all classics. Like, Yeah, absolutely. For sure. He's got a lot of bangers. He really does. Mm-hmm. He does. And that's just some of them. Rest in peace, buddy. Mm-hmm. Take your mental health seriously, guys. Mm. That's Please. for sure. Oh, um, I also continued watching The Golden Girls. Huh. 
thank you for being a friend like that song is like so stuck in your head you cannot fast forward or skip it at any time and it plays at the beginning the whole song and at the end so yeah that is true but it is still like hilarious <laughs> Like, funny. Get you through a party. like the episode I just watched, uh, Blanche wins tickets to go see Burt Reynolds backstage <laughs> and she only gets three tickets. And she's like, well, I'm taking Rose and Dorothy. And Sophia's like, what, what about me? And so they get a hotel and Blanche picks the hotel because of all the men she sees in the lobby and the, when she goes oh, to man. reserve it. Oh boy. So they're all dressed up and all these guys are picking up people. And these young guys from a, I don't know, clothing uh, conference come over and hit on them and say, how much would you be? And they're like lost. And all of a sudden they all get arrested. And so (laughs) they get arrested because it's a prostitution place. And (laughs) Sophia comes down to the courthouse and says, I'm not going to bail you out. I came for the tickets. And so she takes the tickets and goes to see Bert and leaves him in the jail. (laughs) And then Bert shows up at the end and says, Parker Station? Is uh, Sophia here? We we have lunch plans. And they're like, Bert Reynolds? I guess he was hot back then. I don't know. Was he a big thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so his right. big thing. His mustache was enormous. Mm-hmm. But still, that show is throbbing. It's, the show is great. So great. It's legit awesome. Like, some of the words, even, like, the boys are like, what does that mean? But then they're figuring, like, Oliver's like, Mom, what's wrong with Rose? And I was like, she's, she's a blonde. Stupid. She's a I, She's so dumb. She's a blonde. I didn't know uh, what else to say. Ready to insult half your family. And you know what? It's hard to True. believe that she's going to be 100 this year. January. Yeah. Wow. Just, like, in a few months. Stick with us. Betty. Betty Huad. Mm. Anything else, Joe? Yeah, I watched a couple more things. Or I did a couple more things. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about Midnight Mass on Netflix. Oh, this was an old movie, right? No. It's pretty recent um, horror series. It's not really that horror, though. It's got a horror premise. Um, but it's not... It's not really, like, scary, if that makes any sense. I guess so. It is from Mike Flanagan. I'm trying to remember. Mike Flanagan. Oops. Bear with me, guys. Um, Midnight Mass, right? Yes, midnight. My mass. brain just shut off completely. <laughs> I I swear to you, I was I like, know. I'm done talking. <laughs> I tired. I go to sleep now. Good night. So, yeah, it's from the creator, director, writer, Mike Flanagan, who did stuff like The Haunting of Hill House, Doctor Sleep, Gerald's Game. I think these are all Netflix stuff, except for I think Doctor Sleep was Netflix too, if I remember correctly. He did he directed Ouija, Board of Evil, Hush, Oculus, Absentia. Um, all pretty good horror movies. So this is straight from him. 
And it follows a couple people. It follows uh, a guy named uh, Riley Flynn, played by Zach Guilford. And he just gets out of the clink and goes back home to his island hometown. And things are, like, hard for him because he's an ex-con. He had uh, killed someone drunk driving, and he sees her dead body every time he tries to go to sleep. So it's it's very tough for him. Hmm. Um, he's a former alcoholic, so he's going trying to stay clean as well. And then you follow around Hamish Linklater. Um, you guys all know. He plays a priest named Paul, um, who is like new to town after their old priest kind of just went off the beaten path somewhere. And uh, he's there to fill in for the old Monsignor. And then things start happening, like uh, supernatural things, if you will. And I'm kind of, st- I was kind of in a place watching the show because things are obvious, and you're like, okay, okay. But I was in this odd place where I didn't make any connections to the things I was seeing and what it actually was. And I don't know if that is common. If you guys watched the show, and you watched it, and you weren't like, oh, this is a this movie, or this is a this show. If you're just like, this is interesting. What is this thing? Let me know. I mean, I I don't want to spoil it for anybody unless you want me to. Is it worth a watch? Yeah, 100%. I think it's excellent so because there is implications involved also in what it is in that uh, Christianity itself could possibly be based on this supernatural thing Ooh. and not God. Hmm. Okay, well, I want to watch it then. It's very, very interesting. Um, well done. Well well acted, well directed. Hamish Linklater crushes it. He has big, long speeches where he has to be like giving sermon type of deal, like a homily, because he's Catholic, oh, wow. a Catholic priest, obviously. And stuff gets weird, man. It's, it's quite good. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix, available for your binging pleasure. Okay. I watched it in just a few days. It was, it was quite good. Is it a movie? It is a series. Oh, it's a series. Yep. Seven episodes, I believe. So it's not like a giant commitment. But I do highly recommend it. Okay. All right. Um, oh. The last thing I read, besides Lock and Key, I also read another comic book called Batman The Last Night on Earth. And, of course, Night is K-N-I-G-H-T. I had come to the knowledge that this existed because there was a new DC figure, build a figure for this, where Batman is in a straitjacket with a different type of cowl, carrying around the head of the Joker in a jar. <laughs> and I was like, "Tell me more! Tell me what? more!" What? <laughs> That's exactly. Dark. Well, it's from Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. The they were responsible for rebooting Batman with the New Fifty Two, and I am a huge, huge fan of their run. I think it was excellent, excellent, excellent work. And this is a well, like a limited edition black issue, so I don't think it's canon necessarily. Run uh, that got turned into a graphic novel, and it is exquisite. I loved it. Um. Man, it's hard to it's hard to tell you what it's about even. Uh just know that Batman kind of makes it to a post-apocalyptic future 
where some things are bad. And he does walk around a wasteland carrying around the head of the Joker. Interesting. Yep. Huh. Yep. Some of your favorite heroes return. Some of them are long gone and dead, been murdered, and it's all very interesting. Okay. I just can't recommend it enough. I think I bought it on Comixology. It was like three ninety nine, so it was worth every every penny. Okay. Yeah. You got anything else, Shannon? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. All right. What are we at? Thirty six minutes. Okay. I got to ask you guys some questions because this is some fucked up shit going on. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I it's bullshit, and I know what you guys are gonna say. But, like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know why I want to fucking talk about it, but I do. Okay. So, Chris Bratt, who's crispy, Uh tweeted something about his wife. Was like, hey, I love you. You're the best. It was her birthday. Oh, it was her birthday? Okay. You're a great mother. You gave me a healthy daughter. Blah, 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 blah. And the internet went fucking bananas. And they're like. About this term, healthy daughter. Because he's just happy he had a healthy daughter. So, they're. They're acting like that is an intentional dig at his ex-wife, Anna Ferris, because their son, Jack, was born premature. No. What is wrong with people? I'm upset. Well, you know the story, Matt. Do you know this story? Hmm. What's up? <laughs> do, you, do you know this story? Um, No. I don't pay too much attention to Hollywood and all that. either. And it just came across randomly. And I was like, what the fuck? This is how petty people are? Is this what it's like out there? Probably. The snake has ate its tail so far. It's bite- biting on its own head now. Mm-hmm. You're going to get mad at a dude for saying he has a healthy daughter. Crazy. Now, I wonder, is it because he's Chris Bratt? And he, you know, likes Jesus and stuff. That people are looking to take him down? Maybe. I don't know. That brings up a good point. What do you think, Matt? I have no idea. Hasn't he said some kind of shitty things? Um, He said some things about his, like, personal beliefs in Jesus that people think are shitty. Mm-hmm. I thought it had something to do with vaccinations or something. I don't know. Did he? Hmm. I guess it's only shitty from my point of view because, like, if you're a person who has that much influence, I don't think you should say these things. But then again, it's like he believes them, so I don't know what to. Oh. It's whatever. Oh my goodness! Chris Pratt has the vaccine. It says so. What's that? It says he has the vaccine. Maybe it was something else, and I. He said something. Like I said, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. I guess if you type in Chris Pratt anti, says LGBTQ. Maybe that was it. <laughs> oh, he didn't say. Um, he didn't say anything. See, that's the thing. Fuck this. Fuck the internet. Why do people like turn everything that people say around? Eliot Page said that his church he goes to is anti-LGBTQ. And he said no. So that's whatever. Whatever. Fuck this. Fuck the world. 
I think it's petty that people would take a term healthy and say that it was a dig. I don't think it was a dig at all because he loves his son as much as he loves his daughter. I don't. I don't think there's I don't think any that's difference. For us to decide either. But again, exactly, we shouldn't have to be judging these people's lives like this. No, it's fucked up. Are you weird. seriously that bored? People are lives? though. Yeah, they they're like Harry and Meghan, and they're they're they want to watch thirty people try to fuck some lady on The Bachelor. <sighs> you know what I mean. <laughs> This is the world we live in. The Kardashians are billionaires. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Because she made a fuck tape with Ray J. That's disgusting. Anyone could make a tape. but A lot of people have. Yeah, but like, what is wrong with people? Like, what um, happened? I mean, you know, good, good on them for spinning that into some gold, I guess. But it's odd that... It's just odd popular culture and what it is. Because when you think about it, I was trying to have this conversation with my daughter and like music industry and all this stuff and creators and the the arbiters of such things used to be able to tell you no, right? Mm-hmm. There was gatekeepers. And fair or not, they existed. and But they, for the most part, I would say that they kept quality entertainment um they didn't keep it i'm sorry they allowed quality entertainment onto our screens and into our ears and stuff like that mm. while a lot of the noise would go away but now that there are no arbiters there's no gatekeepers per se every single person has with a cell phone could become a youtube star every single person with a cell phone and a decent mic can put out an album yeah very much you know so i mean it is good that that barrier for entry is lower, allowing creative people uh, equality and equity as far as getting their voice heard. But then a lot of times you would behave yourself in a way to make sure that you kept your contract. But if you don't have one, right? Or if you don't owe anybody anything and you don't give a fuck, your influence can become toxic. Is what I'm saying making any sense? Yeah. Sure. And I say this as a person who's sitting on a microphone (laughs) with absolutely no one telling me what the fuck I can or can't say. But I don't want to influence anybody. I just want to talk about the bullshit I watched. Yeah. And sometimes argue that never-ending story is bad. Oh, always. And that Harry Potter movies are good. (laughs) This is the kind of influence we don't need right now, Joe. You know what? I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) So I'm going to go on an apology tour. (laughs) and see who will forgive me I don't know Um, are Uh, we are we as Dave Chappelle said brittle spirits people are brittle unable to take any sort of weight any tension is that where we're at I don't know I, I think there's a lot of just conflict in the world right now and I think it's there's a reason people do what they do and we, you know, some people might perceive that as brittle, but there's also, you know, a counter to that. Like how many shootings have there been where, you know, prejudice was the motive or something like that, where it's like, you, you can't allow that to happen either. That's, that's the flip side of it, I guess. 
And yeah. so if it seems like people are so upset that they're squashing a gnat with a nuclear missile, I mean, they just, maybe they're just so upset with the state of how things are. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't, I, I personally, I mean, if we're going to start getting into philosophical idealism, I don't think people ever really get upset at disease. I think they only ever get upset at symptoms. And if you try to appoint someone to the core problem, they're going to go, nah, that's you're stupid. Because it's so much easier to point fingers than it is to solve problems. Sure. And I don't know if that's a natural function of the human brain to protect ourselves against our own insufficient nature or if it is a byproduct of the consumable narcissistic system we have created and we all live in. I have no mm. idea. But uh, not going to solve it on a fucking dumb podcast. <laughs> Right. Yes, we're the philosophy dummies, and we're the dipshit dummies. I mean, we are dummies, and I think that's it's not. And when I say dummies, of course, like I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I think everybody's kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's frightening. Like if you take the, how stupid the average person is, and then realize that half of the population is dumber than that, it's right. frightening. It is shocking. But, you know, I work in education. I can tell you for sure that that's, those are facts. <laughs> you, I see kids with an IQ of 58, and they're out there living their life. And it's like, well, what the fuck do you do with that? You know, how do you, how do you not have a preconceived notion about the long-term viability for, you know, success for that person? Yeah. You know what I mean? But you you teach them how to be happy and safe and loved, I guess, and supported and send them on about their way. Right. You know, it's those average IQ people that are the problem, I think, because they're like, I'm too good for this. It's like the narcissism is on fire with them as far as what I can observe, right? Oh, and... Narcissism's reaching a apex. I think. I would hope. I hope it doesn't get worse. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Sadly, I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. But because we're that's neither here nor there. We're hedging up to like sociopathy, and mm. I don't know that. Like, what are we going to do with that? Let's talk about something else. You brought it up. I know what the fuck's wrong with me. Mm. Hey, the trailer for Boba Fett came out. Looks pretty good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that did for the new Mandalorian season. <laughs> not new oh, Mandalorian, shit. it's its own show. Oh, it is? Yeah. So are we not getting? Yeah, we are. But there, are, there's a Boba Fett show coming. There's Cassian Andor. Remember Cassian Andor from Rogue One? He's getting his own series. Oh, uh, shit. Ahsoka Tano, they're filming her series. And Ewan McGregor's back as Obi-Wan. He's getting his own series. <gasps> Were you unaware? <sighs> What? You, are you not aware of this, Shannon? I'm not. Thank you for oh. making my moaner grow. Yeah. I mean, after Mandalorian Season 2, they announced 10 shows. Well, it's hard to keep track. It's like Marvel's like, I'm doing all this. And it's like, uh-huh. And then you wait forever. And then finally, there's a trailer for something. Yeah, we could talk about Marvel, too. Them jealous fucks out there in the internet are just waiting for Marvel, Marvel to fail. They're like, finally, the MCU is dead. It's not. Not even close, people. Because they said Eternals wasn't as good as some of the other Marvel movies. Whatever. Sure. 
I bet you, I haven't seen it yet, so this is all sight unseen. I bet you it's a banger. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is uh, <clears throat> Martin Scorsese is not the sale be all of fucking entertainment. I can tell you that much. No. Mm. There's a lot of naysayers. Like, it's not even film. You're an idiot. Isn't it, though? Isn't it film? You know what I mean? It makes right. people happy. Did Can't the Irishman make around. anyone happy? Scorsese. You know what I mean? At least I don't know. at least some people can uh you know, I don't know what the fuck what I was about to say. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino makes people happy, I guess. I don't know. I like Marvel movies. I, I like their too. aesthetic. I like, I like Star their, Wars movies. Their long term plan. I mostly like Star Wars movies. <laughs> For the most part. In twenty years I might like the the sequels. We'll see. Okay. Well there's a lot of other good things out there, so There is. Entertainment's at an all time high. I mean we've got a Lord of the Rings series coming. On Amazon, oh my yeah. Goodness. You guys you guys had to have heard about this. It's been like five years. Oh, well, yeah. come on. That's like, what, dog years? <laughs> well, the budget for the show, years. I mean, it made news because the budget for the show is a billion dollars. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Jeebus. Whoa. What was the budget for Game of Thrones? Ooh. Oh, like 10 million. An the episode. last season, it. What's that? 10 million an episode. Whoa. Last season had to be more than that, though, right? Not sure. I think that's the number that I always heard. That's why it's sticking out to me. Mm. Let's see. The internet is never wrong. It knows everything, so let's check. So <laughs> about sure. $10 million per episode with that production cost. Season 6 came in at $100 million, whereas Season 7 cost about $70 million total. It was less episodes, though, right? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, yeah, that's still quite a bit, but a billion dollars? Good God. So the eighth season will cost around $15 million an episode, I said. But there's, nah, I gotcha. there's only six of them? So they got the same amount of budget for less episodes. Right, right. Oh, boy. Lots of, lots of stuff out there, though. You know, the video game industry makes more money than all the other industries combined. Yes, I did know that. Whoa, it's, I didn't know that. It's legit. I mean, loot crates are a fucking... It's <laughs> <laughs> probably half the income right there. They print money. I mean, that's that's one of the very funny uh, through lines on Mythic Quest, the show on Apple TV+, Plus, that they've that's a revenue machine above anything else. Like... The guy, the guy really thinks it's his creative journey to create this thing that people love, but it's not. It's a fucking moneymaker. So, like, you can hate the character of Brad all you want, but he's the man. Oh, for sure, yeah. The man. It, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's gotten pretty crazy. Yeah. The Grand Theft Auto Five made a billion dollars in three days. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, That's... Grand Theft Auto Five is now what? 2000, 2011? 2000... Yeah. Like, how old is this that game? game? Uh, I think it's 2000... Nah. 2013. Yeah. 
That's that's, but, uh, that's a shelf life, man. Right? They've kind of painted themselves into a corner too, because like now they're gonna take fifteen years to make Grand Theft Auto Six because there's gonna be fucking you know, there's gonna be expectations and you have no immediate on... need for it. They've they've actually, from what I understand, they've been putting decent money into five still, and there's new stuff going on. Oh yeah, for sure. They, I mean, with the online feature, and then they release it for every freaking system that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's there's stuff going on there that's fun, but it, without any sort of back against the wall anything about it, do they need to make a six? I mean, they don't need to do anything, I guess. Right. <laughs> the fans are, are going to be pretty upset if they're like, hey, we're not going to do a Grand Theft Auto anymore. And there would be lots of death threats if that happened. So, are fans I even mean, asking for it right now? Oh, for sure, yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, the people are chomping at the bit, but at the same time, they're not, you know, they, they understand it's going to take a while. Yeah. Well, you don't want cyberpunk to happen. I don't even know what you're talking about now. Yeah, video game stuff. Yeah, that's uh, become a bad thing of the industry. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm ready to fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> I do want to talk about one last story I saw, and I don't, I haven't read it. I, I've, I can't quite see the exact quote from Bautista. But he said that Dave Bautista explains how his role was a blessing after years of playing Guardians of the Galaxy's Drax. And I've thought about this quite a bit because I've said it before. I believe Dave Bautista. If we're looking at the big Hulk dudes in film right now with him, The Rock, and John Cena, I think he's the best actor. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And let me ask it this way. Is, was Dave, do you believe Dave Bautista was hemmed in by playing the character of Drax? Or did he, because he's so talented, turn the character of Drax into something more than what another actor could have done with it? And that's why we remember him so much. I think it's pretty fascinating that I think the problem with it is, is they had so many opportunities to make Drax a multi-dimensional character, but instead he only had so many dimensions where, you know, he's an aloof <laughs> kind of uh, comedic, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Doofus. He's the com- comedic relief. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's C-3PO. The relief, yeah. But right. Does, he... does, is that a negative thing? Not necessarily, but they ha- he doesn't have to be just that. They could have done a lot with him seeking vengeance on Thanos. They could have done... Would you have liked... I mean, or what is is what you're saying you would like to have seen... More, yeah. A I mean, they... solo film for Drax the Destroyer. I don't necessarily think like that's... I mean, I'm not going to turn that down for sure, but like, I don't think that's necessarily something that um, is something that could have definitely gone after without any kind of like risk or anything. But mm-hmm. I think like if they had fleshed out the character more and made it more multidimensional, I think for sure. Yeah. Uh, 
I just mm. think they, they there's a lot of missed opportunities with him. And I understand, like, you can only fit so many... Yeah, that's kind of what I was just about to say. Like, it's a... He, James Gunn created a a chemistry, right? Yeah. He, he is, his Everything that Drax does and Quill and Gamora and Mantis, they all meet the standard that he's, like, trying to... to you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. He has had times where he has had to go beyond being the comedic relief, like when he's talking with Mantis on the steps in Ego's planet, or like um, in uh, Infinity War when he's talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. He and especially like when he dies, that's really sad. He's like Quill. Like that's like when he tells Mantis that. She's ugly, right? But she's really beautiful on the inside. Yeah, I mean, he's had stuff to do, and like, is that what you mean? E- even Hemsworth, he's the comedic relief a lot of the time. And you mm. think about right. in Infinity War, he had a couple of just absolutely devastatingly crushing, heartbreaking moments, and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, you you're yeah, yeah. you're absolutely damaged with PTSD. Mm. So I right. I lean more towards Drax is amazing because he is sure i'm not disagreeing there i think uh what i'm trying to get at is like the i mean he was he didn't he wasn't just like one dimensional or two dimensional he had a few dimensions but they could have done so much more because of how talented he is i would i would have definitely but the i guess the real question is and to james gunn you would ask would you be willing to sacrifice safety because it's safe but and, and to be fair, we haven't seen Guardians three yet. You know what I mean? Right. True. So like, what he considers to be the safe, tried and true chemistry he's developed with these characters, um, is he going to be willing to mess with that? He's going to have to, obviously, because Gamora is different, and Thor's going to be there, right? Right. And now we've got Adam Warlock, and there's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be. Is Dr. Fate in it? No. Dr. Fate's DC. Who am I thinking of? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. There's, I thought there's another character that's going to be in it too. But it, it's going to be very interesting how he's going to play with that. Is Drex going to have a bigger part? Hmm. Because I, I love Batista. I think he's incredibly good. I know. You know, I loved him in Blade Runner. I loved him in uh, uh, The Inspector. Yeah, he was Inspector. And in... Uh, He's been in a lot of great things. Dune. Yeah, like... He, remember he was in the movie with Kamel? Mm-hmm. Uber? Yep. I... Stuber, right? I can't see another actor taking his place in no, that I'm, film. I don't... It's kind of like he's just the one of a kind for that role. And I'm sure someone else could have played it, but it would have been a totally different character overall. That's interesting, the take on it. Like, I'm proud that he is kind of standing up like, I don't want to shoot anymore with my whole body showing kind of thing. That thing pushed me to kind of look at things a little differently when it comes to filmmaking, I guess. Because it's usually women-centered, but here he's a man who's aging 
And he's like, I don't want my body showing constantly. Because the man has to shoot with, what, just pants the entire time? Right. Wow. I, I never put, I guess I just didn't think about it. But it's kind of like, think about what Gamora had to do. How she had to get yeah. completely green or completely, you know, one color. Wasn't right. she in other movies where, who was oh, in? Yeah, she was in Avatar. Avatar. But that was all blue. digital, right? They didn't actually paint them. Correct. So, or uh, think of Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Who had to she get had a miserable time. Painted blue for being Mystique. It's like, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of Dave Bautista. I think that he is a guy who's striving to prove himself, but I, I think he just needs to focus on the work. Uh, to me, he has proved himself. He's excellent. And if you're looking at between, if I was looking for a guy who's not The Rock, you know, if I'm if I need The Rock in my movie, I'll hire The Rock. But if I'm looking for a guy to act drama, I'm picking Batista. Right. If I'm looking for a guy to play a dipshit comedy guy, I'm gonna pick Cena. And if I need The Rock, I'd pick The Rock. Makes sense. You know. For sure. And I'm just reading right here at the end of this article that there could be a buddy cop movie with him and Jason Momoa in it. Oh, my word. (laughs) No, Batista. And Jason Momoa. Oh, my gosh. The two of them. Well, they are kind of similar. I think the world needs that. I think I need it. I think my ovary started to grow. (laughs) I can't even like picture it. My mind is It'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. Like a throwback late 80s buddy cop movie make it happen where you've yeah. got you know the the stay-at-home guy and then the the reckless fuck ass dude who's just gonna be like <laughs> yeah, i'm putting everything you've built into jeopardy now <laughs> i'm gonna retire in three days Some, you know stuff like that it's gonna be fun i'm gonna fall asleep now all right guys good night <laughs> uh anything else matt anything else you want to talk about buddy uh, I just want to mention real quick, uh, like rate immediate. Well, I don't know about immediately, but following this recording, this episode, I'm going to be doing a charity stream for Ooh. Extra Life. Okay. Uh, benefits Beaumont Hospital. Uh, Save yeah. lives. Watching uh, on Twitch. Awesome. Yep. Hopefully. What's your handle, Burrow? It is twitch t- uh, twitch.tv slash Konstantinov16, K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-N-O-V-1-6. Konstantinov, hardest hitter in hockey. Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. Extra Life's I'm... a great thing, and you get to pick your charity, right? Yeah, it's uh, Beaumont Children's. Yeah, Children's so that's Beaumont. awesome. That is cool. That is really cool. Proud of that. Yeah. So watch uh watch old Matt there, Konstantinov. Not old Matt, wonderful Matt. On uh on the I am Twitch. old, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. yeah. He was first to forty, remember you're next. Shh. Well, we were Sans Angela. I love Kevin Bacon's big dong. And Sans AA Ron Hooker Stations himself. But I think we had fun anyways, right guys? Yeah. Oh yeah. Talked about some bullshit stories for a couple minutes to waste some time. But we made it. We're, we had an hour. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everybody out there listening. And I want to give a special 
feel good vibes shout out to uh, one of our listeners Aaron uh, he says he has COVID buddy rest up keep hydrated and uh, get yeah, well get, get better buddy yes get better and anybody well else wishes. out there who's not feeling well same to you okay for sure and we will be back next week, hopefully with a full house. We'll talk about, man, we're gonna get we're gonna get on that foundation tip. Yeah, we're gonna get all cut up, okay, Matt? We'll talk about it. Hell yeah! So until then, I'm Joe. I'm Shannon. Ah, Matt. And for the other two ding dongs, wait here. We're the movie dummies. We'll see you later, alligators. Cheese out. Stay fresh, cheese bag. Everything really wrapped up nicely. I really like cheese.